Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. And I know each member of our staff would say this if they're here, but thank you, thank you, thank you for being, um, you are the precious, precious church family to serve, but thank you for the chance to serve. And we serve, we serve you because you make that possible through your generosity, and we don't take that for granted. So thank you for the opportunity to, to serve you. All right. Well, today we, uh, we are in week three of In His Shadow, studying our way through the book of Ruth. And we're, uh, so chapter three is where we're at. Quick preview, the core truth that we're going to cover in this text that I hope that we walk away, walk home with from God's word is it's both informative and it's inspiring. It leaves us celebrating our redemption that we've received in Christ, but also it, uh, it fills us up with not only a gratitude for what God has done for us and our Redeemer, but also it lights us up to play our part in the redemptive plan of God as it's playing out around us in real time. So here's the core truth. I'll give you the core truth and then we'll work our way through the text. The core truth is this. God is working out his plan of redemption through our acts of love. What we'll observe in this chapter is we know God's providence is at play. God is the first cause behind all that's happening. And last week as we we talked about, he is providentially working out his perfect, good, gracious plan, um, as only he can. And there's mystery aspect, aspect, mystery aspect to that. But God has ordained his providential redemptive plan to play out through the means of your, my acts of love as we live surrendered to him. It, this is the, the crazy reality, the sweet reality, and the igniting reality that, that we'll unpack today. It's humbling but also exciting to think about. So quick definition before we get into the text. We'll be talking about redemption today. So what is redemption? And there's several different, as you look at Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, flavors to it. But basically, we ask, okay, we know about salvation. Is salvation the same thing as redemption? How do they play? And here it is. Salvation is the broad term describing what we've received through faith in Christ. Redemption is specifies the means by which we are saved and it speaks to our location in our salvation process. By this I mean, to be saved, a redemption price has to be paid. Redemption brings into mind the location of where we were, why we needed to be saved. So we were lost, separated from God in debt to him, a debt we could not repay, in bondage to our sin, We were in slavery, in debt, we were lost, we were without hope, we were broken, we were beyond flaw, totally totally depraved from what God created us to be as his image bearers and full of life, joy, and all that stuff. Redemption is someone paid a price to get us from here to get us here. To be people who have been chosen, who belong as kids to him, who have been... um, brought into a a freedom, who have been brought into a a place where we are no longer in debt to God, but rather forever forgiven. So 
when, when we talk about redemption, we, we talk about, okay, the means by which we were saved and the location piece. And where we were here and now we are here. And, and for a Hebrew, when he, hears, he or she heard the word redemption, it, it hit him emotionally because um, we'll, we'll get into to more of that. So with that background in mind, um, we'll dive into our text asking this question, how do we play our part in God's plan of redemption? What's this look like in our everyday life? So joining uh, the narrator there in Ruth chapter 3, what we'll do is walk through three scenes, and each scene will find one way that we play, we join God in his redemptive work in the lives of the people around us. So first one there in Luke chapter, or I mean, uh, Ruth chapter 3 verse 1 says, now one day Ruth's mother-in-law said to her, my daughter, I must find a home for you where you will be provided for. Now Boaz, with, with whose women you have worked, is a relative of ours. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash and perfume, put on perfume, and get dressed in your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Find that interesting. It's like, don't, in the dark, end up laying down by the the wrong guy. Make sure you know right where he's at. And then go uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will, I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. And so she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. The first scene is the path of redemption. It's here we see the Hesed love of Naomi in motion. Naomi is uh, her passion right now. The, the scene starts out is, is her daughter-in-law's well-being. I must find rest for her or a, a home for her. And so she's awake to the opportunity that's right in front of her. So what, what's she going to do? There's a time to wait, but there's a time to act, a time to move. And she's making the most of this moment. It's a bold move right here. Boaz qualifies as a kinsman redeemer for their family, Naomi. She knows him, we know. Um, Before she left Bethlehem, she knew Boaz, knew his character. Ruth has been working with him, so it's time for a bold move. So Ruth, here's the plan. Tonight, when Boaz is, he's threshing down at the, uh, he's on the threshing floor, threshing barley. So we know, uh, this is the final phase of the harvest. The threshing floor was a public place below Bethlehem. He's um, threshing the barley, which is that whole process of where you take a winnowing fork, throw the, the grain up in the air, the shaft would, would blow away in the wind, and the, the grain would fall. And so this was a festive time, we know, in the culture. Often there was, they're happy, you know, it's, it's payday. And so there's, there's food and there's drink, and, and uh, he's going to be in a good mood. So um, wash up, look good. J. Vernon McGee said, he, she's, um, Ruth is a Moab. She's like, put on some midnight Moab. Smell good as you're, you're going down here. And, uh, but stay hidden. Why? We don't want this hitting Bethlehem chatter. This would be bad. Bethlehem, smaller town, it's going to go and could ruin your reputation, his reputation. So when um, he falls asleep, know where, see where he's at. Make sure you go into the right guy. And then go uncover his feet and lay down by his feet and just wait. And he'll tell you what to do. 
So we're left here as readers like, okay, right in this moment, we're hearing the, the happy snores of Boaz. We see his feet, uh, cold, twickling in the, uh, <laughs> the late night breeze. And I'm picturing Ruth, like, how do you sleep in that moment? I, I'm, she's probably, maybe she's trying to sleep, but I, I'm just waiting for whatever's coming. And she does it. I will do whatever you say. So it's here as a, a reader, we're wondering, is this God's plan or is this Naomi's plan? Right? Is this her taking things into her hands where she shouldn't be or is God in this? Is he providentially orchestrating this? This is not a normal cultural practice. We don't find this practice in other places. This is a bold move, putting, somewhat putting both uh, Boaz and Ruth at risk. But Naomi, fueled by love, knows the Redeemer. And so she helps Ruth run the path of redemption. So the question is, what's going to happen? Well, Boaz, sure enough, he wakes up there in verse 8. In the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned, and there was a woman lying at his feet. Who are you, he asked. Now, why was he sleeping by the grain? We know in this culture, grain was their money. It's a public space. I think he's guarding his loot. And so if you go to sleep guarding your loot, I'm packing a weapon. And if, if I wake up and there's a human at, the, at my feet, I'm about to fight, right? <laughs> I think that's his tone right here. Who are you? And so she says, I am your servant, Ruth. She said, spread the corner of your garment over me, which another phrase is um, the shadow of your wings. This would, he would have understood this picture of, of uh, being in his shadow, in his care, since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. And so here, Boaz's head must be spinning as he's just like, what in the world? Just woke up. It's Ruth, and she's telling, reminding me, I'm the, the kinsman redeemer, and She's making a marriage proposal. This is a, mid, this is a midnight marriage proposal on the threshing floor, which gets creativity points even today, doesn't it? She's saying, marry me. It raises a question for us, and which is a cultural, something we don't have in our culture, which is what is a kinsman redeemer? Like, where does this fit? So in Israel, remember God chose Israel, Abraham's family, to be... His covenant people through whom he would save the world. He would bring a redeemer, bless all peoples through Abraham. But he also promised them a land, and he promised them um, a people to, to be a great nation. Problem is they're living in a fallen world. Bad things happen. So he built into his law a provision for bad days, famines, rough times. If you hit bad days as a farmer, and there was one thing you... you you may have to sell yourself into slavery. You may have to sell your land. You may have to whatever. Or if your wife doesn't have a child, what do you do in those moments? And you die as a husband. Redemption. This is where redemption comes from. God made a provision within his law that your family could redeem you, pay a redemption fee and get you out of slavery. They could redeem your land and they would even redeem your family line where if you died as a husband and you haven't had a kid yet, your brother could marry your wife and have a kid in your name or it would go brother, uncle, cousin would redeem you. That would be your kinsman redeemer. So there was this line of, of who could redeem your family and, and bear a child 
in your name to keep the family line going, to make the nation great through whom God would redeem the world. You can read about it. It's called the, Le- the Leveret Law in Deuteronomy 25, 7, and 8. So what does Boaz do in this moment? Verse 10, the Lord, he, he his blessing, he says, the Lord bless you, my daughter. He replied, this kindness, this hesed love is greater than the one you showed earlier. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or, rich or poor, saying, you didn't go chasing other guys for, for love, the poor guys, you'd, you'd go, you'd marry them for love, or money. Instead, she's seeking to honor her husband and honor Naomi. Speaks to Ruth's character. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all that you ask. All the people in my town know that you are a woman of noble character. When he says, I will do for you all that you ask, her future just went bright. Sky blue bright. I will redeem you, he says. So in this scene, how does our core truth play out? How is God working out his plan of of redemption through our acts of love? We see it in Naomi. As As Naomi says to Ruth, there is a redeemer. I know the way to him. And she's very specific in this instance, but she points Ruth down the path of redemption. How do we play a part in God's redemptive plan fueled with love? It's to help people down the path of redemption. God has given us the calling to show those around us the way to the Redeemer. And uh, think about, remember the guys who wrecked the roof to get, get their friend to Jesus that day? And he redeemed that man's life. But God has called us to do the same. We have a redeemer who um, is faithful to do at great cost to himself whatever it takes to save our souls, to redeem our souls, to redeem our lives. And so we have the opportunity to point people to our redeemer. I love the way Paul says it, this calling in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 18, he says, all this is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Interesting, there's almost a tone, flavor in today's culture. Just let everybody make up their own mind. And the reality is, guys, we know the path to the Redeemer. We know the way of redemption, and God has called us to, to, to um, help people down that path with love. Obviously, we can't force people to take the path, but we can be bold. We can. This is a bold move. And Paul is saying, I, I am bold in pointing people to the path of redemption. And so as we see Ruth walking the path toward her Redeemer, it moves us to play our part. So how does that play out in our everyday life? What's this look like? And I think the start is with prayer, isn't it? And just praying, Lord, help me be sensitive to your leading in other people's lives and come alongside them. And then to build a bridge of friendship where trust is formed and not to be, again, we're beating people on the head with the Bible, but rather meeting them in their life, talking about them, having spiritual conversations, talking with them and, and gently leading them towards their Redeemer, the one who can help, the one who will take them from here to there by his power. This week at our men's fight night, uh, one of our guys shared his story, Chris Kreitzer, and 
just how in 2019, he uh, did not know Christ. And a uh, co-worker, fellow attorney, Andrea uh, Neighbors, invited him to come to Westbridge. It was just an invite. And God began a journey through the book of Noah, I mean, uh, Noah, Jonah, <laughs> to, uh, to come to faith in him. But it was an invite, you know, and I was thinking this Thanksgiving, we may be around people that we're not normally around and, and may have opportunities to point them to the Redeemer and lead them, help them in their, their faith journey. All right, now to the plot twist of the story today, or of this chapter. It says, verse 12, Although it is true that I am a guard, this is Boaz talking, although it's true I'm a guardian redeemer of our family, there is another who is more closely related than I. Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to do his duty as a guardian redeemer, good, let him redeem you. So evidently, he's not the first in line. But then he says, but if it is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, four words to, to circle, I will do it. Lie here until the morning. Here we come to... The second scene, you could say, is the cost of redemption. It's here we're reminded that redemption always has a price. And it raises this question, will the, will the kinsman redeemer, will the redeemer be willing to pay the price? At what cost to himself will Boaz be willing to pay for Ruth's well-being for the rest of her, her life? And this is where we, we get this uncomfortable plot twist, this tension we want it to be Boaz, but there's another guy in line. And, and so how is this going to, to play out? But I love the way, notice the way he reassures her. If the other guy is not willing to pay the ransom price for you, Ruth, I will do it. You see his character here. I think Boaz, you kind of feel like he's an older guy and somewhat, um, you know, hey, she, she wants to be my wife. And you almost sense he'd like to be her wife, her husband. But he's a man of God's word, too. You see his character here. He knows the law, and he's committed to the law, even if his heart wants to, to chase this woman and, and say, hey, yeah, I'll, let's do it. Do it tonight. As those who have been redeemed by our Lord Jesus Christ, it's here in the story that we must pause and just remember that that our ransom price has been paid at great cost to our Redeemer. And what was it that uh, would redeem our souls, souls that were um, so badly broken, sinful souls, souls that had rejected God and, and uh, were enslaved by sin and, and just totally depraved? What would redeem your soul and my soul and we know through Scripture it was not silver or gold. Peter says, we have been redeemed not with silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And it was a life lived, a perfect life lived, our Lord's life. And then it was his sacrifice, atoning sacrifice on the cross that fully paid our redemption price to make us go from lost to found, from enslaved to free, from in debt to forgiven. At what cost to himself was our God willing to pay, willing to suffer? It was everything. You say, okay, what's that say to us? As Jesus looks at us and says, now follow me, take up your cross and follow me. As we think about God is working out his redemptive plan in the lives of the people around us through our loving acts of service, it calls us to be willing to pay the price that love requires. 
There may be moments that God calls you to sacrifice for the good of another in a way that it's going to cost. And to be willing to Boaz, willing to pay the price, our Lord willing to pay the price, and us willing to lay down our lives. Uh, John, 1 John 3, uh, 18, he says, that, Let us not love with words, but with actions and with truth. The redemptive plan of God is playing out, not in some random, mysterious way, although the Holy Spirit is always the one that's working in people's lives, but he has ordained to use our loving acts, our actions, to do this. And as we were thinking through our Thanksgiving offering, I was look at, looking at this. We're giving, can we put the slide up? We're giving to these things where God's, his work is playing out in the lives of people. Trailview, church that's blooming. But why? How is Trailview happening? It's because someone is, it's love in motion. Fred, Megan, Bo, Rachel, they went. They're serving. They're us today. We're giving to this. Bethesda Outreach, how is that happening? Because somebody said, I will take an orphan into my home. The high school mission trip, same thing, going, they're going to go. They're, they're going to love in motion. The, uh, the Smiths, the Fergusons, even our debt down payment today as we give to our Thanksgiving offering, it's sacrificial, right? And um, we could spend that money in other ways, and yet we're saying, no, I want to, to lay down and, and in, uh, to be generous because he has been generous to me. Isn't that cool? We, our generosity, our giving, our sacrificial love flows out of the reality that God's redemptive plan is playing out through our acts of love. And then the, uh, onto the final scene, we'll uh, come to verse 14 there. It says, so she lay at his feet until morning. And I love this picture. It's another message, but... That picture of she rested in the shadow of his wings, basically, because she knew her redempt, the promise of redemption had been made. But she laid his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could be recognized, and, and he said, no one must know that a woman came to my threshing floor for their reputation. And so he said, uh, bring me your shawl you were wearing and hold it out. When she did so, he, she, he poured in it six measures of barley and placed the bundle on her. And then he went back to town. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi, she asked, how did it go, my daughter? And then she told her everything that Boaz had done for her and added, he gave me these six measures of barley saying, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. And then here's the phrase to, to circle to remember. Then Naomi said, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. This third scene we could put in, a title over it, The Hope of Redemption. I can't help th but think that uh, Naomi saw some looks of concern in Ruth's eyes as she's, it's now morning time, and yeah, he said he would do this, but he's going off, and will he really? I'm a Moabite. I'm a foreigner. I'm a widow. I bring nothing to this relationship, really. Will he really pay the price for me? Uh, but Naomi knows Boaz. She knows his character. And uh, hope, hope, just Paul says with her words, doesn't it? She says, wait, my daughter. He will not rest until this matter is settled. He is good for his word. Redemption day is coming. As we watch this scene unfold, how does it inform and ignite us to play our part in God's plan of redemption in the lives of those around us?
And it's this. As we see Naomi encouraging Ruth, coming alongside of her and helping her remember her Redeemer is faithful. He is good for his promise. It's a calling to us as well or an example to us to be an encouraging presence to our brothers and sisters, the people around us, when we grow weary, when we begin to doubt, become discouraged, wondering how can God bring good out of this hard, painful situation and will he really redeem me? Can I trust him? And we remind each other again and again, oh yeah, just wait. He will not rest. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. Isaiah 9, he will not rest until this matter is settled, until your redemption is settled. Our Redeemer is coming. He is good for his word. We see Jesus encouraging his disciples and and today encouraging us to this, even as we come to the end times. We don't know if we're in the end times, but he's readying us for that day. But it's a beautiful moment there in Luke as he... uh, He says this, Luke chapter 21, verse uh, 25, it says, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, the stars on earth. Nations will be in anguish and the perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. So before Christ comes, we're not going to be worried about China, Russia, and the nations. We're going to be worried about the universe. We're, We're like... Things are rattling here, and it's not good. Verse 27, at that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads, because your what? Your redemption is drawing near. We have been redeemed, right? We we are redeemed people, but we will be redeemed. There's a future component to our redemption, where our bodies will be redeemed, creation will be redeemed, our Um, relationships redeemed, our lives redeemed, and our Lord encourages us with with this. Paul does the same in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. He, uh, He says this, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Truth, God is working out his redemptive plan through the loving acts of his people. And so how does that play out? As we walk through this weight and these hard times of life, we encourage one another. We help each other fix our eyes on the faithfulness of our Redeemer. Yesterday, I was able to be with um, the Johansson family for a few minutes just to hear their story, and they made it home from uh, Pittsburgh, and Anne has been through a four-month health ordeal, which pretty much she, did, she was not expected to live. And here she is, miracle. And uh, they brought out the journals that the nurses had written in Sweden. She became sick in Sweden, and each day while she was intubated and not awake, the nurse that was with her would write a journal of what they did for her. And what jumped out at me and just hit me hard was what, how this nurse ended her journal entry. She just simply said, by your side, by your side. And it reminded me of, of the sweet, sweet reality. You guys, we have been redeemed. We will be redeemed. But in the process, in the wait, Our Redeemer is by our side. But sometimes we need 
somebody with skin on, don't we, to encourage us. And that's where we help each other wait for our redemption as we encourage one another. Be faithful. He's with you. He will see you through. So bringing it home, as we watch these moments play out in Ruth's life, we know that God is orchestrating his good and gracious and mysterious and wonderful redemption plan. But the surprise of chapter 3 He's doing it through the bold moves of his people, fueled by love, guided by the Spirit, informed by the Word of God. You and me get to play a part in the redemption of the people around us. And as we get a courtside seat to what God, the miracle of redemption that God is doing in people's lives, what's it do for us? We praise him. (laughs) We get to just rejoice. God, you are awesome. That you would redeem somebody in their brokenness, a precious, precious person who was lost, running from you, and you redeemed them through your blood, made a a way for them to be redeemed through faith in, in you, and now they are a person who is coming alive in you, and one day will be fully alive in you when they hit heaven's shores. Amen? Man, I didn't see this coming this week, to be honest with you guys. I thought the Lord was taking us a totally different direction in Ruth chapter 3, and and so I'm still catching up a little bit with it, but I, I can't wait to live in this reality this week. And I hope it fuels us all. Let's do this, right? Let's do this. What's the bold move God's calling you to do as you guide someone down the redemption way? Yeah, your life's falling apart. I know the way to the Redeemer, Ruth. It's this way. Come, come with me to Westbridge. Come with me to church. Or let's get coffee. How is God at work? in the lives of those around us. We get to play a part in that. This is our King, worthy of all praise, honor, and glory. Our Redeemer lives. And so, would you join me in prayer? Father, we just want to pause in these moments, and as we reflect back and see this this story playing out, we we see Naomi pointing Ruth down that path of redemption, and we just want to thank you for the person that led us to you. I know for me it was my mom and many others who had that influence, but um, we praise you for that, and thank you for your grace in, in making that happen. Thank you for our redemption, Lord. We ask that you would help us to be sensitive to, to where you are at work in the lives of the people around us. Lord, as we see Boaz willing to pay the price, we know he is but a foreshadowing of you, Jesus, willing to pay the ultimate price for our redemption. But you call us to follow you. And so I pray that you would loosen our grip on trying to hold on to our life and be willing to lay it down where you call us to lay it down as we join you in your kingdom cause. And then, Lord, as we wait, I thank you for just this precious reminder that, that you are good for your word are faithful, that uh, you have redeemed us, but you will redeem us. And we fix our eyes on that beautiful day. We lift up our heads. We stand strong, even through as life gets crazy, knowing that our Redeemer lives and you are faithful. We love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.